Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to another edition of the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. If you like what you're hearing, let me encourage you to hit the subscribe button and share the podcast with your ministry friends. We continue to grow in our reach across the country and would love to connect with you. If you have questions for us, please reach out through our website, studentministrymatters.com, or email us at info at studentministrymatters.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On today's podcast, we're talking about marriage and student ministry as I share an interview with David and Margaret Bronson. David and Margaret are a ministry couple living and serving in Jefferson City, Missouri with their four children seven and under, a robot vacuum named Siobhan, and lots of plants. David serves as the student pastor at Concord Baptist Church and has been working in ministry for 10 years. Margaret is a writer, stay-at-home mom, and produces their podcast, The Already Not Yet Podcast. You can follow David on social media at D underscore M underscore Bronson and Margaret at The Bronson Band. I hope that you'll listen with an open heart as they share some great concepts about marriage and ministry. Thanks for being on the podcast with us today, David and Margaret. Thanks oh, for yeah. having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Well, it is a special treat. David is uh, a man who holds a special place in my heart. A couple of years ago, he spoke at the very first student ministry workers retreat that we hosted in Little Rock, and he jumped in kind of at the last minute for us, but he was exactly... <laughs> what we needed. And I was just so happy to meet him. And then when I found out that you guys are in the process of sharing some teaching through a podcast, I thought, I've got to have you guys on Student Ministry Matters. Uh, this is going to be a great way for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. And so I wanted you guys to just start, maybe tell a little bit about yourselves and about your podcast. Yeah. So um, this was, so it's worth saying that this podcast that we started, it's called the already not yet podcast. And this was Margaret's idea. Um, I was just, I had my head down plugging away in the midst of Corona tide and Margaret had the idea that it would be really useful, especially for folks who were unable to be a part of a local church for various reasons, or were just separated from their local church because of COVID. Um, to put together a podcast that was about the tension of living the Christian life in the midst of sort of the, the already of what Jesus has done for us in the gospel and in the not yet of what we're looking forward to what he will do. Um, so hence the name, um, the already not yet. Mm, that's great. You know, as, as we look at um, some things today, we're going to be talking about marriage and ministry. And I know that you have chosen right now, you're in a season with your podcast talking specifically about marriage. Could you yeah. talk mm -hmm. just a little bit about that? Yeah, we, um, 
first of all, you can teach a whole lot of theology by talking about marriage. And so we wanted to start there, but also, especially with COVID right now, but also just marriage all the time is it takes a lot of work and it's difficult. And um, we saw a real need for accessible teaching on marriage, um, just really practical, but also like not neglecting the why. And so we tried to put together a podcast that would be as close to like premarital counseling, but it's not just for people who are before getting married, but yeah. So that's what we tried to do as close to that as you can get with a podcast. Yeah. With an eye toward making it as accessible as possible toward folks who are single or, you know, people have been married a really long time or, you know, just wanting to think about it seriously. Well, it is a, a great topic and it's a great place to start, especially when you consider what you were talking about. And you've shared on the pod, your podcast, talking about how you'd have people come and sit on your couch and just basically mm-hmm. share some of those same discussions with your listeners now. And so mm-hmm. see a lot of value in that. Well, again, we're talking about marriage and specifically about student ministry because there's a lot of specific things that, uh, well, unique challenges. Mm -hmm. There's some great benefits and some all sorts of things around there. But, you know, I want our listeners to know you a little bit better. And so uh, how long have you been in the ministry, David? So I've been in the ministry about 10 years. Um, And funnily enough, um, a good chunk of that wasn't in student ministry. Uh, But uh, yeah, at present, present I'm working as a a student pastor. And Margaret has very much been in that with me. We've been married 10 years, so I've been there. Mm -hmm. Since since second (laughs) one. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's one of the, well, blessings and curse, as as we'll talk Mm -hmm. about. But um, my wife and I, we got married when we were in college. Uh, My wife knew full well that she was marrying a minister. She knew that that's that was the life she was signing up for. Yeah. Although she wasn't quite sure of what that was going to look like. Right. Uh, she knew she, she signed on the line. So that's, that's all that matters. And 27 years later, here we are. So, <laughs> well, to, to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better, you know, we've got Christmas coming up. I, I don't know if you're a great cook. Margaret, oh, I don't, okay. Yes, she, she is. <laughs> Sorry. This is, this is my passion right here. Oh, wow. Margaret can cook. Okay. Um, so what is your favorite Christmas goodie that she makes then, David? Okay. So, so you got to understand that when Margaret and I got married, this was, this was a matter of, of, a, of a Philly girl who like knew her way around a kitchen, getting married to a country boy who barely knew his left hand from his right. So I am, I'm a simple man. Margaret makes pies that just rock my world. Um, I think probably one of the, my favorite things she does. This, she does an incredible apple pie with the with just. I couldn't even tell you how she does it. It's just mm, he's so crack simple. Cocaine. You just put some fruit and some pastry, and he's happy. <laughs> like I said, I'm, an, I'm, I'm I'm a simple you know led or not Led Zeppelin Leonard Skinner song. Simple man. That's that's me. <laughs> give me give me pie. Oh my goodness. Pie yeah, apple good. pie. You're mm-hmm. speaking my love language there. So, well, how about you, Margaret? Do you have a favorite Christmas goodie? Uh, for me, it would have to be Buckeyes, the little, they're like, um, peanut butter dipped in chocolate, little candies that people make for Christmas. We always made them growing up and it takes hours to make them, but you can like watch a really good Christmas movie while you make them have some good conversation. 
It's more of the experience. <laughs> yeah. It's more yeah, of the it experience. Is. It is that experience. I One of my favorite Christmas goodies is Christmas cookies, you know, yeah. just that basic thing. But it was always about the family having all that dough out there, putting the little sprinkles and making designs. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that's great. I well, like to think I'm the fun mom, but we have not with our little ones done Christmas cookies yet because I just can't. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm going to wait till they're a little bit older. <laughs> well, all right, Margaret, how old are your kids? I know you've got an eight-year-old as the oldest. Uh-huh, do- yeah. So she's actually seven, and then we have five, four, and three. So the, the little ones are, we've got three boys, and then our oldest is a girl, and she's seven. Can hardly believe it. Yeah, it goes by real quick. But again, as you look at marriage and ministry and marriage, especially with student ministry, and there's some challenges working around uh, that sort of thing with mm-hmm. with your own with your own kids. Uh, yeah. My kids survived that experience. <laughs> they are now <laughs> functioning adults and had their dad as their youth pastor for the biggest bulk of the time. Uh, but I want to ask you guys: What are some of the challenges of being in ministry and married with a young family? What are some of those challenges that that our listeners might need to hear about? You know, it's funny when David was applying for jobs. Um, he specifically looked for worship and for preaching positions, but not for youth positions because I was like, we've got young kids. We can't take all these late nights and, um, you know, I don't want to be putting the kids to bed by myself all the time. And so I was really surprised and a little frustrated, I think at first with the Lord that he, called us to youth ministry. And though I love youth ministry, it just felt like the wrong time for it, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it is hard. It is hard on marriage, but I, the Lord is faithful. <laughs> yeah. And the the good news about like, the, that I suppose we can kind of headline the thing with is that what we've discovered over time is that, you know, if God calls you into something, he's going to give you a way through, yeah, you know, exactly. kind of sharks and minnows, you know, there's, there's always, there's always a way through. So it's been, it's, it's rough certainly, but it, it also, it also has its really significant and, and unique blessings. Right. L- let's dive a little bit more into those challenges. Just again, we, we speak to the, the full-time, part-time bivocational and volunteer student ministry workers and sometimes we look at student ministry with very romantic ideas. Mm. Um, this is going to be those great, deep conversations that you have with students, and and you're going to be able to take them on trips. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait a minute, I've got kids of my own. Mm-hmm. How do I balance all of those things out? So I think you hit on a real real key, the the time management maybe or the the commitment. Uh, what are some of the other challenges that you face, you know, very specific? So I think – one thing that that often gets overlooked in student ministry, yeah, so there are all these deep conversations, and, and that's good. But we're talking about teenagers here, and one thing just from a psychological development level that they haven't quite figured out how to do yet is how to define really well what a crisis is. So sometimes, and if you're, you know, if you're listening to this and you've been in student ministry for any length of time, you've probably experienced this. You get that 3 a.m. phone call, you know? Or, uh, you know, school lets out and, you know, the teenager blows your phone up with texts or whatever, and they're describing something to you and they're describing it as sort of this end of the world crisis for them, like this really critical moment. So one of the challenges is going, okay, so I've got this student who's telling me that like they need something from me pastorally, like now, 
But I also know that I, you know, I've got a dinner's on the table. Right, dinner's on the table. Yeah. You know, I got a kid's ball game that I got to be at or, or whatever. Right, and right. so uh, this is kind of, this is kind of on the, uh, the ugly side of things, I suppose. But sometimes the hard part is learning how to say to that student, like, okay, we're going to get you through this. Right. But you're going to have to hang in there for 12 hours or 24 hours until I can, you know, like adequately discharge my duties to my family and take care of you. Um, and sometimes you get that wrong. Sometimes the thing you think is not that big of a deal in a student's life ends up being this massive thing that you just missed and that you needed to be there for pastorally. And then the other way around is true too. Sometimes you'll have a student call you and it sounds like the end of the world and you jump and you get there and you find out that it's something that could have been settled with a 30 second phone call, you know? And uh, you and you skipped out on dinner for the for the third night in a row. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. It's a tricky balance. And yeah, I mean, like, there's always half the youth group is always is like always thinks they are in crisis, <laughs> um, and many of them are. Yes. Yeah. So there's just a lot of need. Yes, and you combine that with small kids who are the you know your your own children who themselves have a lot of right. developmental and spiritual needs, and they they need mom there, they need dad there, and so learning how to fit those pieces together. That, that can be a bear. Yeah. And sometimes the biggest problem in that is actually not the teenager's expectations, but the parents of those teenagers, mm, their yeah. expectations and, you know, them wanting David to parent their kids to the detriment of parenting his own kids. Um, that's hard. Yeah. That can be tricky. That can be very tricky. You know, one of the things that I've I've seen is just a huge issue in student ministry in general is a lack of real understanding that the spiritual formation of of my child is my responsibility right. as that yeah. parent. And as a student pastor, as a student ministry worker, we're often stuck with responsibilities that r- shouldn't be our responsibility. Yeah. And so helping those parents understand that, that, that can be du- tough and, and difficult. Well, you know, it, it does have, there are some challenges trying to balance those things out, trying to, to figure out, okay, what, uh, what is a crisis and what is not? I love that because that's, that's right on target. It, what are some of the blessings though, the positives of being in ministry and married and, and maybe even with that young family? What are some of the, the things that you think, this is great. I would recommend this to everyone because of these things. Yeah. So honestly, one of my favorite bits is that, um, I get to bring my kids along in ministry. Um, that's good on one hand. That can that can be on one hand very good for them in that that means they get to participate. Yeah. Um, and there's, I suppose this is this is a delicate line to cross because not everyone's kids are going to be wired this way. I certainly wasn't as a, as a as a pastor's kid. I wasn't wired to be the kid who was in the room while ministry was happening. Um, but Margaret and I are fortunate in that, in that ours are, they genuinely enjoy, um, being around our students mm-hmm. and they get the benefit out of having a whole bunch of big brothers and sisters that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise, Yeah, which is really yeah. cool. And then on the flip side of that, it's good for the students too. Um, they get a chance to take a little responsibility on one hand in the sense that we have, you know, we have groups of students that come and hang out in our living rooms at night, sometimes after gatherings and, you know, we'll just have a whole mess of kids over here. And yeah, so they'll, you know, some of them are, they get the chance to see a a form of family life that they don't see at home for themselves. 
they get the chance to see what it is to take care of someone who's younger than they are and has, has is, is needier than they are. And there's there's a lot of good opportunities that come about. Yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, it's a ministry in and of itself. There's your teaching ministry and then you're speaking into their lives, but then there's also modeling. Um, and the fact that like we're just in a season where we can invite them in to see a lot of that and just having them in our home is a ministry in itself. And that our home is like very teenager friendly because it's, you know, four-year-old friendly. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> now there's risk that goes with that, of course, that probably has yeah. to be acknowledged. I mean, there's always the risk of, um, unfortunately, things like child sexual abuse. You're bringing people into your home and you've got to be very yeah. cautious and careful about that. But um, we, there's there's a remarkable thing that happens when you're talking with a young man about what it is to, you know, be a godly man. And at the same time, he's like watching you change a diaper. You know, like, oh, yeah, here's what it looks like, kiddo, you know? Yeah, I I can't say that I ever I ever saw a diaper change until I was standing there changing my son's mm-hmm. diaper. Yep, yep. That's a that's <laughs> you know? an experience. It, yes, it is. And so, yeah, those are, I mean, those are, those are, those are positives. Those impact your, your students. Um, what about you as a couple? How is it positive or what blessings do you find in being involved in ministry together? Yeah, that, um, so we've just discovered, and I think this, some of this has to do with just the the unique ways that, that God's wired us, but, but we've discovered, man, we're just better when we're ministering together. Yeah. Mm. Um, the, the difficult times for us maritally and in ministry have come when we actually tried to separate those things out. Right. Um, and you pit the church against home. Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, whether you're, you know, sort of going, whether you're looking at your timesheet and going, man, you know, I've, I've spent way too much time here. I need to sort of back off and, and put more focus here at home. You can inadvertently fall into this trap of thinking of the two as being at odds with one another. When I think, um, if you're looking at the biblical picture of what it is to, to be a pastor, the idea is that you're engagement with your people, you know, whether they're students or whether we're talking about, you know, adults, this really can apply to any position in ministry. Um, Your life is your ministry to these people. And so Margaret and I have always found that the, the sweetest times for us in terms of marriage was when we were keying together on that stuff, working on things together to make them happen. And I found that in the, um, cause he's had several ministry positions outside of, um, student ministry directly. And what I found is that there's a lot of freedom in student ministry. You know, it, at least in our experience, the, the senior pastor or the personnel committee, whoever is in charge is, um, less involved in the day-to-day decisions and overseeing how everything is done, that there's a lot more space for me to like come along and find where I fit in. And so I've been able to, um, especially like as the seasons of my life have changed with going from, you know, we started out, we didn't have any kids and now we have many children. Um, yeah. I've been able to find what works for me and fold myself into it. Like wake up at 5 a.m. and go to Starbucks and run a girl's Bible study or, you know, have the kids in my house from 8 to midnight every Wednesday, whatever it is, pre-COVID. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yes, so, we'll be sure to add that. <laughs> right, Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think I really enjoy student ministry for the way that it allows me to serve with David and to really see how I can be um, 
a helpmeet to him. You know, I, as I look at my my own story with me and my wife, we've been married 27 years and we've looked at, we've been involved in ministry uh, all that time. Uh, you, you're right. Youth ministry does allow a great deal of flexibility, but some of my best youth ministry years have been those times where my wife has really found a spot within that ministry and able to invest in a very specific way. She mm-hmm. is a professional counselor and um, just a, well, I believe she's a brilliant woman. And, um, Go sign that. <laughs> uh, and so I, I feel like that God allowed her to be in these specific spots. And now she's not involved in my ministry as much. I'm the family pastor, meaning I have, I'm in charge of children through college and it's just that we're at a different place in our life. Our yeah, kids yeah. are both in college and we're a little bit older, so it all looks differently. But still, having a church that gives you the flexibility of finding that spot, and whether it's because of the ministry that your husband's in or it is because of just the flexibility of that congregation, yeah, that's a powerful thing. That makes ministry and marriage work so much better. <laughs> yeah, and as the, the pastor's wife, there's also the freedom to not participate because yes. I think kids' expectations are lower on their youth pastor's wife than adults' expectations on their pastor's wife. It's often true. So yeah. I have been able to completely step back at different times, um, and it hasn't really hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah, mm, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, do you have any other blessings or positives of being in ministry, things that you've you've just enjoyed? The kids are great. They're oh, really yeah. fun. We enjoy having them over for game nights. Our kids are too little to play board games, at oh. least the kind that we enjoy. <laughs> right. right, right. Um, and so having a couple of teenagers over and getting a good game of Risk on. Yeah, that's pretty much the only way we get to scratch that itch. So, yeah. you know, for <laughs> those of my students out there who are listening, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's, uh, yeah, that's a really good bit. Hey, I, and I totally, I hear you on that. Uh, there's, there's a, a, a window <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when your, your kids can play some of these great games and then, then they don't want to, or then they have stuff right. they have to do when they're right. too old. So anyway, well, um, you know, I appreciate you sharing some of these things. There are challenges. There are definitely challenges out there. Uh, but at the same time, there, there's some blessings for being in ministry. And, and while a church doesn't hire my wife, they're hiring me to do that work of ministry. Uh, as a married couple, we come in that together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. just who we are. And it sounds like that's who you guys are as well. What are some things that our listeners can do to strengthen their marriage? Especially now, again, our listeners are student ministry workers. Yeah, They are men and women who are working with students, maybe volunteer, maybe they're full-time, in a whole range of, of approaches to it. Um, but what are some things that they can do to strengthen their marriage specifically there? I think that one of the biggest things that we've had to learn through student ministry and, and all ministry, but I think specifically student ministry, um, because you're dealing with people who have not learned proper boundaries, not that all adults know proper boundaries either, um, is just to like be really good at communicating. And even like you might not know what's wrong at first. Like you, like you have the sense that this isn't working, something's off here, and you're just going to have to like almost – 
talk it to death until you yeah. figure out what the problem is and where where the breakdown or the um, like false prioritization is. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of of ways that you know yeah being involved in in student ministry or ministry in general can can kind of create rub in your marriage, mm-hmm. and very often they happen at a at almost a subconscious level. You yeah. Know? like just the the wear and tear over weeks or months or sometimes even years. And so yeah, the number one thing I think shy of of in of just diving deeper into Jesus is learning how to communicate really well when you don't quite know what the problem is. And trusting your gut in it cuz sometimes I'm like, man, I don't like I don't like this, but I don't know if it's because I'm being selfish. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's and like not valuing this ministry enough or if it's, you know, um, something, there really is a breakdown here. And so, I don't know, I guess just trusting your gut and being willing to communicate and trust your spouse enough in that communication, even though you know that you might get to the end of it and realize, yeah, you were just being selfish and you're going to need to apologize and repent. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's an important note to that is that that means that you and your your spouse have to have sort of have agreed to create a safe space in your relationship for that mm-hmm. kind of communication mm-hmm. for you to be able to sit down and say, all right, look, maybe I'm being crazy. Maybe this is just so ridiculous, yeah. but maybe there's something going on and I can't put words to it, but something feels off. Something feels wrong. Be able to do that without being called crazy or being, you know, put in this or position. Just defensiveness. Where you have to, yeah. yeah. Where you have to over explain yourself where you work with one another to, to try to figure out what's going on. Well, let me ask this question. I know that on, on your podcast, I uh, uh, talked about kind of sitting down together on a regular basis. And is there a proper amount of time to do that when you're thinking about your marriage and ministry? Does that need to be done more or less or the same? I mean, is, what, what do you think there? That's a really good question because every couple is wired a little differently, of course. But I think by and large, um, there isn't a marriage in the world that wouldn't benefit from from more sitting down and taking face-to-face time to really work through things together. So one thing that we, Margaret and I, do as, as regularly as possible is we have a, a list of questions that we ask one another um, that we've just kind of worked up over the years. And it's it's really simple, basic things like, you know, how, how am I doing as a husband? How am I doing as a father? Is, is ministry getting in the way of our relationship right now, or, um, and then sometimes even more specific things than that. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's got their little pet peeves that happen in marriage. We create room for those questions too. Mm -hmm. things. um, And I have a chronic illness. So one of the questions is, you know, how are we, how are we doing at managing, balancing that and marriage and ministry? Um, But the idea is that by sitting down and deliberately asking these questions that we know are coming on the front end, um, we're able to both prevent some conflict from happening, um, strengthen and create a space, a safe place for that yeah. conflict that we don't realize we're already in. R- right, exactly, yeah. and also strengthen the things that are already going well. So sometimes, you yeah. know, Margaret will ask me, or I'll ask Margaret, you know, how am I doing as a husband? And the word she comes back with for me is just so encouraging. You mm-hmm. know, she's able to point out things that I didn't even know I was doing well, and that brings us together just as much mm-hmm. as the That's conflict good. management is. Yeah. But as far as like how often I am, I don't like rules. <laughs> and so I think that it's, um, well, I'm a recovering legalist. So I would oh, say, well, there you go. Uh, yes, yes, yes. like 
No, it's just whatever. I would say you can always do more, but not in a, not in like a heavy burdensome way. Just, I think that we struggled because when we were told we had to have like a weekly date night and we don't have local family and we don't, we've got four kids and that was really heavy. And we felt like, you know, we were failing because we weren't able to make that happen. Yeah. The people who say that have never tried to live on a minister's salary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes. So true. So Uh true. But, well, yeah, yeah. liberty. Liberty is the word, I guess. Like you, you do, you do what you need to do when you need to do it. You just make sure that, like, when that, when sort of that red flag goes up, okay, we need to do this. You step in and don't put it off. You know, I think one of the things that I'm hearing is there's just this great need for communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in any marriage, uh, that's going to strengthen any marriage. But um, I think in terms of ministry and marriage. Maybe even a, a greater need, if that's possible, um, mm-hmm. simply because of some of the extra pressures and things that that we face yeah. as as we deal with uh, church members who think we're doing things wrong, or maybe think that we're wearing the wrong things, or that our spouse is wearing the wrong things. I mean, mm-hmm. it can just it can just hit you so many times in so many different ways, and. But I, I loved, I love what you said, Margaret. I don't like rules. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the, the, but the rule is you got to communicate. And I think that's one that you, it sounds like you follow all the time. And so that, that can definitely strengthen our marriages in, in ministry. Uh, any other thing that you'd want to mention in strengthening your marriage? This is going to sound prosaic, but it's, it's just, it's categorically true. The more I enjoy, am enjoying Jesus, the more I'm enjoying my wife mm, and the more I'm yeah. enjoying my marriage. And I, and I know that that sounds almost like a Sunday school answer, but I'm telling you, um, when my own spiritual life is dry, when I'm not constantly going back to the well of the gospel, just refreshing myself in that, yeah. then man, it's, it's easy to be short tempered. It's easy to take it personally when, you know, that that beloved older saint criticizes you because of the pants you wore on Sunday. And then you come home and you, you inadvertently kind of let that out at home. Um, it's easier to do that when your eyes just aren't quite as focused on Christ as they ought to be. And I don't want that to sound like another, like, you know, try harder, do better type routine. Cause we get enough of that, but um, man, soak yourself in the word, soak yourself in the good news about what Jesus has done for you. And it becomes so much easier for that to just overflow in your relationship with your spouse. And man, that, that'll do anybody a lot of good. Yeah. And to that end, um, one thing that we've been trying to do, we don't do it perfectly, but is, is to really and truly take one day out of seven to rest. And we have strong boundaries around that day. You know, we don't, any other day, there might be a crisis that happens and David will have to be called away from dinner or from bedtime. Um, but this one, um, unless there's like a funeral or something, David's home with us and we spend time enjoying each other and making space for communication. And, and David gets to focus just on his own spiritual health and our marriage and parenting and, um, and then, yeah, like it, it, it makes those other six days where I, I don't know if I can count on David coming home tonight or, you know, I mean, he normally does, but it's that there is a yeah, lot of, out there running around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of, um, I don't know. It's very hard when like, even if it's just one or two times a week, like half hour, hour late because somebody did something or whatever. Right. 
Um, especially when you have little kids and you only have two hours in the evening together before bedtime. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and so just, it makes it so much easier. I can be so much more patient and gracious and understanding when I know that I have this safe time that is secure and that I will be able to rest and relax because when he, you know, when he comes home and it's not that time, I know that someone might text and it's hard to totally like let down and relax and let him like re-engage as father husband in the family knowing that I might have to pick up the reins again by myself at any moment. Well David do you experience that a lot? Do you get called out much? You know it's uh, I found that it's been different in every ministry position I've been in. Actually right. this the student ministry position I was in before this one I almost never got called. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, there was a very low maintenance group in that regard, mm-hmm. but in the position that I'm in now, um, we have a lot of students from a lot of different schools represented. Right, I think that's right. part of it. But, yeah. Well, and you don't have very many volunteers, right? We don't have a whole lot of volunteers either. So in the situation where I might go, Hey, you know what? I know so-and-so's in town. I'm going to have him have lunch with you. I can't, I can't do that as much as I might. Um, and with COVID, you know, the, the mental health struggles of our students exactly. are just, incredibly intense right now. Um, so there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of dealing with just very acute. Genuine crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Really honest to the wall crisis stuff. So it's, that's happened more in this position that I've been in of late than historically, but yeah, that, that happens. I know if I'm not careful, I can schedule myself out on the evenings yeah, very easily because Mm -hmm. of ball games and concerts in a normal year. (laughs) But it it's still when you get those calls and, and you know things are just going on in students' lives right now in their hearts and their minds. Mm-hmm. They are confused. They're they're just anxious. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good way to look at it. They're just anxious. And you can't blame them because most adults are anxious right now. Right. Of course. And so how do we deal with that? Well, um, it's it's tough. It's tough. Well, I've heard, you know, you've mentioned uh, time, communication, and for, and I would assume this is for both of you, David, you mentioned it, but I think that for the husband and wife, this idea of the more time I spend with Jesus, that's Mm going to make that relationship better and stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate you guys being able to just take a few moments with us today as we talk about marriage and student ministry. I know that it, does present some specific challenges. There are some hard things. You may have experienced something different than than what David and Margaret have. Oh yeah. Um, you may be going through some tough things as as one of our listeners, and and we want to be here for you. And you can always reach out to us at info at studentministrymatters.com. Uh, we'd I'd love to talk with you, love to share with you, uh, help you as much as I can. Uh, that's what we're about. That's who we are, and so. Um, David, Margaret, if someone wants to learn more about your ministry there in Jefferson City or about your podcast, what's some of the best ways for them to do that? Well, um, our podcast, um, the Already Not Yet podcast, you can find uh, pretty much anywhere that uh, you you get your podcast stuff. So Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you can just Google search that and and we'll come right up. Um, Our church, Concord Baptist Church in Jefferson City, Missouri, you can take a look at the website there, concordjc.org. But as far as interaction with us goes, um, Margaret is on Instagram at The Bronson Band. And I'm on Twitter at DM Bronson. So folks are welcome to, you know, follow or shoot us a DM or whatever. We'd be happy to talk to. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being here today as we, we've talked about marriage and student ministry, uh, looked at some of the challenge and blessings, and even some things that we could do to make our marriages stronger as we go forward. Now, student ministry is it's a, it's a blessing. Uh, it is it can be fun, it can be exciting, it can be about deep conversations. At the same time, it can be about playing jungle pong or having a nerf war. Mm-hmm. That's just part of the joy of, of being a student pastor. Uh, but we do it, we always do it because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.